Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach. And every now and then, uh, I have the pleasure of bringing on my friends uh, on, on this series, not because they're my friends, but because they're doing something amazing in the creative space. And I want to highlight that, one, because they deserve it, and two, because uh, there's information, both inspiration, mindset, and also tactics that I believe are uh, that you can benefit from. And today, Mark Rodriguez, I've known him since the AfterBuzz days. So I primarily know, know him as a host. Uh, he did, I mean, this is dating back to like American Idol days and things like that. Uh, and so not only a host, but I also know him as a musician. But beyond that, he's also a talented filmmaker and he has his own marketing agency. Would it be fair to say that it's a marketing agency? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Okay. So, I mean, one of the things like that I always kind of like to ask in that sense is, you know, you're a multi-hyphenate, but what do you view yourself as and, you know, in, in terms of your strengths and what you like to play to? Yeah. So, you know, when we met initially, you know, after Buzz was one of my first things, I was like, this is real. Like, like I can really fine tune some skills, especially in the hosting world where, um, you know, those those skills that I developed there have helped me in so many ways, shapes and forms since then. So um, being a multi-hyphenate, I, I feel like um, initially got got me a network that was very wide, but didn't have much depth to it. Right. So I came here as a, as an actor and it was, you know, thought that I could just come here and take over Hollywood. And then three to five years into it, you're like, Oh shit, wait, everybody's more talented. Everybody's better looking. And, you know, so it was like this, 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 this growth period in my twenties that um, really allowed me, I'm, I'm very happy that I went through so that I could really understand and create a strong foundation. But for me, what I found I'm most valuable is because I do have the creative filmmaker uh, version of me and then also the business knowledge and staying at the forefront of attention. So, um, so yeah, just being able to bridge the gap between those two worlds and help teach other people how to do that and how to be self-sufficient within the social media market. Or if we take on their brand and then develop content, distribute it um, for them. So, um, so ultimately, the main thing, I do love business and I love, you know, everything that, that we're doing at, the, at Mastermind. Um, but building that business while simultaneously building um, a, a career in film that I'm, I'm writing, directing, and um, producing my own projects, acting in some of them as well. Um, but I've, I've grown to, to equally love writing, directing, acting, um, and, and pr producing, I really feel like allows you to control your career. And, and build opportunities. So um, that kind of, that falls within it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's me in a nutshell and where I am right now. And the biggest thing for me was learning how to kind of hone in and make things happen. Um, you know, being so interested in so many different things, you can get so busy and then, you know, eventually you're, you're moving slowly in a bunch of different areas. Um, I've learned to kind of narrow my focus when necessary um, and, and realize that I can't do everything, but luckily now I have a strong team behind me that can help, help me kind of push the, the company forward as well. Awesome. I mean, there, there's a lot to unpack there. And, um, so, so I should first off clarify, so mastermind media, that is, it, it's not just like you're working for this marketing company. You are like, this was your baby that you started. So I want to clarify that for people. Yeah. Accidentally started. Um, what does that even mean? What do you, so, how do you um, accidentally start, uh, you so, know? Yeah. So I, um, 
when I first learned that I had to hone in on, on something was a moment I had where it was probably toward the end, maybe one of my last after buzz days. And um, I, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm focusing on acting. I'm still going to write this feature that's going to become a vehicle for myself in, in other projects, but I'm going to hone in only on this stuff. And, um, and I invented a product called the Mo Show. I don't know if you ever saw me post about that, um, where, I, you know, Snapchat was really big at the time. It still is, is big, but it was like, it was, you know, taken over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, I was playing guitar and, and singing and I wanted to play on my Snapchat, but I couldn't hold the button down and play guitar and sing. And like, you know, so I was like, well, I wish I had something that I could put on the phone and clamp it down uh, to hold the button down. So I looked around the room and I, I have my guitar capo, which you can see right there. That's actually part of the model. But um, uh, and I clamped it onto my phone. Guitar capo goes on the fretboard. Right. And then holds the, um, you know, the, the strings down at a different in a different key. And I put it, I put it on it and it put pressure on the spot, but it didn't hold the button down. So I looked around the room. I thought I needed something that felt like a thumb. So I grabbed a loaf of wheat bread. I cut a piece of wheat bread off. I taped it to it and it worked. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, is this brilliant or is this stupid? You know? Yeah. So I started making videos of me playing guitar and singing. And then, um, and people started asking me, how the hell are you doing that? So I, I like turned all, I took, I took off um, all the videos that I was doing and I built a package, built a team and I stopped doing everything else for a year. I only worked on that. And long story short is it took us a long, it took us about a year to finally get to close to raising the financing and the risk, the biggest risk that we knew of um, Snapchat changed and we I lost everything. So I literally sold everything I owned, went in on that business and finally took a leap of faith, stopped waiting, waiting tables and stuff like that. And I lost everything, but I gained so much in that time period. You know, I was couch surfing, you know, I stayed on Nick Perdue's couch, you know, and, and various other friends as well. And, uh, I, I, I learned so much. I it became more of a valuable person in what I could give to the world. So I, uh, I was going to go back to waiting tables and, and I was, I was staying at another friend's house at the time. And he was like, Hey, do you think you could run my Instagram? And I had just done all this research and learned how to social media and marketing. I discovered, uh, or uh, didn't discover him, uh, but Gary Vee came into my world, right? And I was like, oh my God, now I learned the, the work ethic. I learned how to, you know, where, you know, all this attention is and how to use it to the best of my ability. And uh, I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm actually going to go wait tables. I'm, I, I don't want to run your Instagram, but, and he was like, well, I'll pay you 200 bucks a week. And I was like, okay, well, 200 bucks, like, Okay, I'll do that. So we started growing his account and grew do you to like feel, four or five. Not to, not to cut you off, but do you feel like that almost puts pressure on it? Because then it's like, shit, if you're going to pay me whatever amount of money, like you could pay me a buck. It's like now, A, this is real. So I got to deliver, right? Absolutely. I mean, did you have that chance? Oh yeah. I, well, I had just, you know, learned how to grow. I was growing mine and I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And definitely is some pressure, especially because it's a friend too. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we started growing his brand. It was a, it's a really dope brand. It was called Godfather Cuisine. He still has stuff on there and I want to bring the show back, but it's just like this, uh, this cooking show about this, you know, um, this, his name's Don Giovanni and he like kills people. And then it's like this dramatic storyline that he kills people. Then he comes in like, then he cooks afterwards. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's a comedy, but it, we, don't, we play it like serious. And uh, it was just a super fun uh, thing that really started catching on. And then he, he kind of referred me to a couple other people. Next thing I know, I was like, okay, let me just, let's call this mastermind media. Cause I had a company before called mastermind entertainment. And um, so I was like, so that's how I kind of stumbled into it. And I, be, and I, and I was learning how to 
to do, um, you know, using Snapchat, using Instagram and Facebook primarily. And, uh, from there, you know, it was still a lot of ups and downs. You know, you get five clients and you get two, then you get zero. And then you're, you know, you're like deciding if you need to go wait tables again. So it was just that, that ma- I've heard people call it the magic dark period where like you have to rebuild yourself and push through the, these barriers to eventually build what you want to build. And, um, you know, now I've had it for like the last five years. We have a team of six now. And, um, you know, for a long time, it was just me doing everything. Um, and then as you eventually scale, right, you start doing less of the day-to-day tasks and really build on a, on, a, on a bigger level. And I just have a really strong crew around me now that's, that's you know, helping me, you know, be, be even better as well. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, I, it, was, it was meant to be in a sense, but now I, it, I, I really, really love that it happened that way. But also I've, I've realized how valuable knowing what you're doing in the social media world is to, you know, to even make connections in the filmmaking world. I get people that, you know, refer me all the time to now producers and stuff that I was trying to contact years ago and they wouldn't answer my calls. Now they're hitting me up like, Hey, can you help me build this? And I'm like, yes, I can, you know? So. Yeah. And the cool part is obviously like as part of like building it, you know, you get to, I imagine film content for them every, you know? And so like that's working that muscle as well. Yeah. That's, that's what I love most about it is staying creative, coming up with just different concepts, seeing what other people are doing and, and then, you know, taking those ideas and formulating new ideas from that. So yeah, it just keeps you on your toes. And, uh, you know, sometimes it goes really, really well. Sometimes it's, it's harder to get to the finish line, but, um, like I said, having a strong team that really opens your mind even more, um, ha- has really been extremely valuable. Awesome. Uh, you use the very interesting phrase, the magic dark period, right? Yes. Yes. I, I heard that initially from, um, I, I don't know the, the, the woman's name. She has a podcast called to be magnetic. Um, okay. and, uh, it's, 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 it's been really, really awesome for a lot of different people, um, that I know of. And, uh, I've listened to some of it in the magic dark period was, was something really specific that I was, I was like, Ooh, I've, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I raised that because I feel like 2020 with the pandemic, I mean, mm. you could kind of argue that that is a magic dark period. Um, how has like that impacted you? I mean, before we started, you were talking about you got all this podcast equipment. Granted, yeah. podcasting is on the rise, but you, you can't do it. You know, you and I are doing this over Zoom, not in, in the same room. So, you know, you kind of have to pivot with all the things that you're doing, right? Like how, how, did, how did that make you rethink both from a personal standpoint and, and professional standpoint? that magic dark period. Yeah. So I have been in like the last five years, like I said, when I sold everything and was going through that whole, whole thing, I, and adapting, um, the, 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 the Gary V lifestyle or work ethic to, you know, to my world, I, um, I was already used to like being in my bedroom that I turned into my office and working, all day, every day on writing scripts, working with the mastermind clients. Um, and then the other things that I had going on as well. So I was, when I heard that I had to stay in my room and I could just work and I didn't have to go anywhere else. I was like, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, but you know, that's, it's, you know, so for me personally, it was, it was really great from, especially from a, 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 a you know, working point of view. Um, personally, even like relationships, I went through a, a breakup through this period as well. Um, so that, you know, that, that added to like the personal aspect of like figuring that stuff and going through that, which is also really good for your art, of course, right? Going through those dark times. Um, and uh, so for me, from a personal standpoint, 
it, it was a, a nice growth period and then allowed me to focus um, on work even more. And then um, from a business standpoint, the first month was scary as hell because, you know, we had this strong foundation. I don't, at, the, at that time, I only, we had a, a team of four, I believe. Mm-hmm. And our biggest client, we lost our biggest client the first week. And I was like, oh, shit. we had just signed a contract. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, and I didn't know, we didn't know, I didn't know what like being a lockdown was actually going to entail. So I was like, yeah, no one I was knew. like, you know, I didn't want to like, you know, I was like, okay, let's figure this out. Like, I don't want to, I can't like sue somebody over this. I don't want to ruin any relationships. And I understand because they lost their biggest client. So they couldn't afford to have us on. So, um, so I initially was like, okay, what, what am I going to do? Um, but then a lot of people have more free time now. So uh, because they have more free time and they have some money, the people that were working all day, every day and going to the office, now they have this extra time and they realize they have to build on, on these digital platforms. So we started getting a lot more clientele within that realm. And um, so things have been progressively getting better and better from a working standpoint. Um, and then as far as like the, the podcast stuff, right? Like spending you know, a lot of money on, on all this equipment allowed me to have to create a different product for our clients because we know how important voice is. I know you hear you talking about it as well and you doing your podcast and all that. So it, we, we created a product, a product called the Zoomcast where now people record a Zoom just like this. They send it to us. We create a graphic overlay. We create their logo. We package it all together. And then we, uh, we put it out on all the different platforms and we, um, we brand everything. So just basically like kind of exactly what we're doing right here. We do that for other people so that they can continue to create content and then use that on their various other platforms as well. Um, so that was our biggest pivot. Um, and we've been doing that. And then a lot of a lot of like lookbooks and stuff. We help, we do TV package, TV and film packaging. So we help people package their projects to go sell them. Um, so we've been, we've been staying busy just because mainly people want to spend more time um, on the, since there's so many eyeballs on the digital platforms and we've been helping them do that. And the lookbooks, that's, that's a new thing that you guys have kind of undertaken. Correct? Yeah, exactly. That was like an, another accidental thing where I was packaging them all for another company that we have, our, our, our TV and film um, production company called Paris Films. And um, I was already packaging all of our projects, doing the sizzle reels for them and doing the lookbooks. And people started saying, like, who are who's who's doing your guys packaging? And I was like, well, I do. And they're like, can you do one for me? And um, slowly but surely, people started noticing in us in, in, in that way as well. So that's become a big thing that we do. Um, as well. And that's another thing, like, you know, just those two worlds colliding, creative and business. I feel very fortunate. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be a little bit selfish and ask you kind of a couple of questions as far as that. Cause, yeah. um, so like, I'm not doing like a sizzle. I'm doing a proof of concept, like a three minute, um, version for uh, a second, my second feature film, or that's the hope mm-hmm. that it will become that. So, and this might be a stupid question on my part, but is what is a lookbook different than a pitch deck? Or just no, different. so same thing. Yeah, I like calling it a lookbook for the most part. Some people call it a pitch deck. Um, that is a you know, as is like the running theme of today is like really um, not only showing that you know what you're doing and how you want it to look, and um, and make it feel like it's all already real. Like we have our um, Chris Robertson and also Shady Hernandez, who's on my my team. They're both on my team now. They are just great graphic designers and movie poster um, designers. So like they we make using stock footage most of the time we'll make the cover where it looks like it's already the movie or the tv show like better than some of netflix's you know movie posters so 
our job within that is to make it feel like it's already real by using your own content and or sim, you know uh, screen grabs from similar titles right and then editing them editing them all accordingly but also communicating why this project is going to make the producer investor money um but without like i see a lot of people doing pitch decks where it's just a lot of like white background with just a lot of black text and it, and it doesn't have that creative vibe i love making it feel tangible like it, with the textured backgrounds that just completely once you you look at it and i don't know have you ever seen the lookbook for montuk which is stranger things i have not no yeah so um look that up so it's on it's on um it's on the internet and google just google montuk m-o-n-t-a-u-k that is what stranger things was called originally and that the pitch deck and the sizzle reel the sizzle reel that they is you know almost the same thing but it's in video form where you just take similar titles and you piece it together with title cards to communicate what your vision is and tell your story if you do it right people think that you filmed it somebody asked me once a producer we were pitching they're like how did you get jessica beale in your in your sizzle and yeah. they had never seen Texas Chainsaw, so I, I, I lucked out. But, um, but yeah, using those two different things, and you can, you can find Montuk on the internet, that is what we've, we've used as you know, uh, the foundation of what we create because it did wonders for them. It got them the ability to get their show made and then to like, write and direct all their pieces. So um, definitely look that up to, uh, as a reference as well. Awesome. Well, to be honest, I'm, uh, I'm probably going to hit you up for personal services as far as that's concerned. Absolutely. Well, no, even, you know, we do all of ours on Google Slides. So we have a lot of different temp- templates and that kind of stuff too. And I've even thought about creating packages where we just sell the templates for like a really low price. Because if people can't pay what we're charging or they can't do it on their own to get it to where it needs to be, because I've seen so many horrible pitch decks. And I'm like, how did you ever, even from, from people that have done multiple films. And I'm like, how did you ever sell a film before? Um, but now when, when they're able to walk in with something they're proud of that, they're like, they get, you know, they get in, they drop it on the desk. And they're like, you know, this is it. Um, it just, it answers all the questions. If it, it allows the producers and, um, you know, whoever they're trying to get on to not have any questions, really. It's like, it's all laid out. It all looks brilliant. You can already see it being a show or a, t- or a film. And um, so, yeah, I would be, I'd be happy to, to help and guide you or, you know, work on something together to get you to the finish line. Yeah. I mean, it's always interesting to me in that sense, uh, when you talk with executives, you know, obviously they're in the creative space yet I find, and you know, not that I'm not necessarily knocking them because they have a different perhaps set of skill set but they can't imagine things. So like you're saying, the more you can basically show them this is what it'll be, uh, the better, because then it's like they don't have to use a part of their brain that they're not used to exercising, let's say. Exactly, and they'll trust you to do it. So you can you know, hopefully keep as much creative control as you know, we'd like as filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, as a quick tangent, uh, so I'm, I'm a big Gary Vee fan too, so I, I just, curious uh what's kind of i don't know the whatever amount of top top three top five whatever you want to say of of lessons that you've learned so the the so also he's exactly 10 years older than i am so <laughs> i'm like um i'm like now i feel matthew mcconaughey in his oscar speech talked about always chasing somebody that was 10 years ahead of him and is himself yeah. i just i'm just chasing t- gary v in 10 years in front of me um but uh the first time i ever saw him was he was on uh it was a youtube video as i was developing that mo show thing right and he was he was at usc Mm-hmm. And he, had a, he has a guru shirt on a sweater. I don't know if you've ever seen this one. And he's speaking to a bunch of entrepreneurs and he said, uh, 
Listen, um, you know, just before I start, I just wanted to say that I like 1 million percent with no hedge uh, believe that you can teach entrepreneurship. So like, this is awkward. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> right? Yeah. Just being honest and giving it to him. And he asked the crowd, he said, who here believes that you, uh, you have the next best idea, you know exactly what you want to work on. And like a few people raised their hand. And he was like, why are you still going to school right now? Then why are you here? Like, is your, are your parents paying for it? Because if they are, but if you're going in, into debt over this, um, and you already know what you want to do, like, just leave now and go pursue it. And, um, you know, that, that was one of the first times I saw him where I just, you know, then I dove in and that was right before he started his daily V stuff. Um, but for me, the, the biggest lesson I learned is like how much hard work it actually takes to build something successful because, and I, and I brought that into my life and I did it probably to an unhealthy way where like I, 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 I worked all day, every day, but I love what I do. And I, and I knew what I was building and I had like, you know, like you know, people in my family, like girlfriends or like just friends like come on like I didn't go to birthdays for for years I wouldn't didn't go to any birthday parties and I would in until people even would say like hey listen I'm having my birthday party but I I know you don't do those things but you know I just still wanted to invite you and I was like yeah well we can do lunch next week for like an hour but I have to work um and I just I did that religiously and I loved it it got to a point where I like loved turning people down because I knew where I was going and I knew how much hard work it took to get there so that was that was the number one thing that I learned um from him and then you know now once you learn stuff like that and it starts working for you I just want to tell the world about it um and uh so that's probably that's the biggest thing let me think uh I mean, I love his, his humility and talking about, you know, um, also self-awareness. If you're, you know, knowing who you are and what you want, like that's an, another huge thing too. But, you know, I could go that, on. That's what I was going to say about you. I mean, you, you were self-aware enough, like you, you know, you, you didn't necessarily derive joy from going to someone's birthday party. Not that you didn't ultimately care about them, but that, that wasn't for you. And, and I don't know, I, I, I could very much like relate to that. I, I mean, I mean uh, you've probably seen it maybe firsthand, but um, you know, where like some people called me like I'm cold in that way, but it's like at the end of the day, when push came to shove and people really needed something, you know, I, they knew they could depend on me and I would do anything I could. So it's like, yeah, I might miss your birthday, but if you're down and out and really need somebody to pick you up, I will drop everything that I'm doing. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I've seen, you know, evidence of that in you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, and it's, it's just, it just is what it is. And if they're, you know, if they will understand or they eventually will, right? Like I even, you know, I had roommates before and like when I was going through this whole transition, like, and coming from like losing everything and driving like this 92 Lexus that was like barely able to get, you know, from point A to point B and just going through that whole thing. And just like knowing that I didn't want to go back to that. I'm very happy I had that, that experience um, so that I could, you know, just understand it and feel what it feels like to be that. Cause I've always had, you know, not like having a safety net or having a family I could call, but you know, asking for anything is really, it was really hard for me as well. So that was another thing I had to, I had to overcome, but you know, eventually, like, like I said, when having roommates and this and that, they'd be like, you don't ever leave your, your room. Like, why don't you ever leave? Like, but they, like, I'm happy in my zone and I'm writing and I'm, and I go and go make, you know, this like Rudolph, we just went and made this, this uh, concept trailer in Detroit and then came back and um, you know, and, and then my roommates kind of saw things happening for me and they're like, Oh shit. Like maybe he's right. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, do anything, but, um, but it, it's not for everyone being, 
being self-aware to, to know that that's the life, that's the, that's the, that's the sacrifice that I was willing to make because I know where I want to go and I enjoy doing it. Um, but you know, eventually finding that balance, right. You can't, I was, you know, wasn't taking care of myself. Like I it was like all work and no, like I didn't have the balance of like working out and stuff like that. So now that we're getting ahead of the game, I'm starting to add those things to my life. But, um, but yeah, if, the, if those people that you're not going to the birthday parties, the, if, if they're true friends, they'll eventually understand. And um, you know, you get them next time. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I always like to, uh, one of my 2021 intentions is to have three, three dimensional relationships. Right. So meaning if the basic way I can kind of summarize it is you and I are not going to spend time talking about the weather, right. We're going to get down to it. You know, what are you doing creatively? What am I doing? You know, what's in your life, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, in that sense, like one of the big shifts for me, uh, in filmmaking in particular was, or just, or just in life in general, I always used to kind of just rush everything, right? So if we were on a film set, I'd be like, if God forbid you and I would like exchange two words that was in jest, um, because it was like, it wasn't moving the ball forward. But now I, I realize like, you can actually have fun doing that and it does not detract from the product. Yeah. Um, and and that's, where, that's where like fun and like productivity to me, like just meld like nothing else, you know? Yeah, de- definitely. And you know, I love that three, di- three dimensional relationships as well. And, and that's the thing, like with, with my core group, and, and most of them aren't even here. We've been, you know, my brother in law, Paris, who's in Detroit, or other business partner, Andre, um, for the most part, we're working daily, but we're only talking about stuff that we care about that's pushing the ball forward. But it's also creative stuff too. So like, we don't mind, we, we're just all on the same page. That's what's been really, really, really great for me. But, um, but yeah, also having that balance and having the necessary conversations. Cause like, so you're saying when you, when you are on set or having those, those different conversations, you're saying there is a balance or you end up, you know, having a more well-rounded conversation about other things. For, for me, there is a balance, right? Like I'll be able to, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know if you remember from me, like in the after buzz days, there wasn't like, you couldn't, throw a joke at me you know, like it was all about like, Hey, your show starts in five minutes, get going here do this. Like I was a train conductor. Right. Yeah. 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 Now I might, you know, I might bust your balls and be like, Hey, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I can't think of like, no, for sure. No, you were a hustler. No, I, I loved it. And like, man, yeah, it was cool to see what you were doing over there and, and with Kevin, everybody, and, and just like you making that stuff happen. I mean, I do remember a couple gags that we did. I remember like walking into like a, doing after show, like with just the guitar on one time. Yeah. I don't think you were there for that. So, you know, there was a couple, there was a couple, um, but you see, know, that was, uh, well, that was, that was in service of the show, the show. whereas I'm talking about yeah. purely like, you know, you and I are on a film set and you know, they're setting up the lights. It's like, yeah. they're setting up the lights. You know, if I'm not detracting from something like, you know, I, I'm not saying this, like if there's about to be like a very serious scene um, that's about to be filmed, I know you got to prepare and things like that. But if like, we're just kind of in some downtime, like, yeah, let's chat. Like what harm yeah. does it do it? And so and it's not like it's going to slow anything down. So I think I've, I've, I've managed to be more even keeled in that sense where I'm not high strung all the time of like, God forbid we waste two seconds, you know? Yeah. And I think especially like since you're creating your own projects and, and I, and I really made a point to that as well, like 
you know, to have some of those conversations with people that maybe I would have just walked by as we're getting stuff done, but like going to see the security guy that was watching the stuff outside on our set and like, Hey man, how's it going? What's your name? Like, what do you do? Like, Oh, awesome. Great to meet you, man. Thanks so much for, you know, being on here. Let me know if you need anything. And just really making sure that I was that core person that was really talking to every single person and and connecting with, with them in some way, shape or form. So yeah, I I definitely, I, I definitely feel like we're on the same page with that. Yeah. Yeah, I've learned to be a, I've learned to be more of a quiet leader than a screaming leader, I think is, is my biggest growth. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I could, I, I remember being all, all business, but I never, I mean, I never took, I never thought it was a bad thing. I was, I was like, you know, it's just. Yeah, well, I, I mean, to me, the biggest difference was I, you know, it, it uh, for some reason, it always felt like I was trying to change something. It's like, at the end of the day, whatever milestone you reach, like, there's always going to be more. And so it's like, you're just going to wear yourself out. I mean, that's why you see so many articles about burnout and things like that. Yeah. And that became a real worry. And I was seeing uh, friends of mine do get burnt out who were working far less than I, not because they didn't have the stamina, but just, you know, that's just life. Um, and so it's like, yeah, it's like, what, what am I, what am I at the end of the day? I don't want to just, it, it, it's great. Like we can look at amazing artists and they've like outlived their time on this earth but how many of them really did enjoy it? And so in some sense, I'd rather still enjoy the life that I have and leave maybe less of a legacy um, mm. than just like create this body of work that outlives me. But like I had a shitty life. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I and no, I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. And I think with that, with that in mind is definitely going to allow you to enjoy the journey even more, which in turn also makes, I think a more well, a more well-rounded legacy as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, that's, that's definitely a really great point and something important that people should take into consideration. Cause yeah, I'm right with you. And I, I remember I even asked Andre, um, one of my, my business partner that one time, like, cause I noticed based on being like that, I didn't like any small talk. Like I would find myself in conversations, like thinking like, I don't care. Like if somebody knew or like, I didn't, you know, even like going out to, to a bar and having conversation, like, why are we just, we're not talking about anything. Yeah. Right. And um, so that's, so I definitely, I felt that way too. And I felt like something was wrong with me. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. So, and he, what he told me was something about like, you know, as far as being a storyteller, like learning and asking, cause I always noticed he's always really great at asking questions and getting in depth and like asking about experiences. And I'm like, wow, okay. That's, if I take that perspective, it's very interesting to me. And now I don't come off as this like cold person because I would talk, but I wouldn't be like, listen, I wouldn't be listening um, based on that new mindset. Right. Cause we're always growing. You adapt to this new thing and then you're like okay what is this new vehicle i'm in you know and um so then yeah once i started you know listening from even from a storytelling perspective and um you know learning about people and that helps you be more you know well-rounded and have you know more empathy based on certain situations and stuff and just helps you learn more so um so yeah i've, I've yeah i definitely have been there it's interesting that you, you bring that up because i probably wouldn't even have thought of that thought about that for a minute and that's something yeah it's definitely something important to to be aware of yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, part of it, the way I would argue it is, like you said, I mean, it, it is necessary for us as artists, you know, I don't care if you're like painting a painting, you know, you might not necessarily consider that storytelling, but yes, it is conveying some sort of message. And I think that ties in beautifully, in my mind, at least, uh, to, to Rudolph, right? So uh, the piece is is a modern day version of, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and not like with actual reindeer, but with human beings, and, you know, I don't think 
to me, it's very clever in that way. And I don't think it's something that, that if you didn't have a connection to humanity and you weren't empathetic with people and just kind of things, I don't, I don't know if that would have came out of you. You know what I mean? But for sure, I mean, in your own words, like, you know, talk about the project and things like that. And, uh, you know, yeah. So, so Rudolph was, so in November of 2019, a producer friend of ours, we were doing another project with them and uh, she hit us up and said, Hey, do you guys have any, any Christmas projects? And I'm, in my head, I'm like, I don't do Christmas projects. Like <laughs> I don't like that cheesy stuff or whatever. It's just too cheesy for me. And my, you know, my mom watches Hallmark and Lifetime and like, she, you know, runs it all. Like she knows all that stuff. And I was just like, uh, I mean, but I do love Christmas story and like stuff like that. Right. I love elf. Um, so I thought I was like, wait, if I could, if there's something I could do my way, I'd be interested in it. And, um, so maybe that night or another night that week I was laying in bed and I was like, wait a second. What if we like personified the characters from the Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer story to like kids on a high school basketball team. And my girlfriend at the time, we're like, she, we just started going back and forth, just like saying, you know, like, you know, the coach could be Santana Claus and like, you know, his, his nose could get red from walking in the cold for, for a long time. Cause that's when I used to, I used to walk to school, it would be like 25 minutes. I was like allergic to the cold where my skin would get real blotchy and like, I would get bumps, like not goosebumps, like welts on me. And people used to like, I would, you know, it was there for like three hours and it was super embarrassing. So I was like, what if, you know, maybe his nose gets red because it's too cold outside. And then, um, you know, they're laughing and calling him names and all these different things. So we just, I, I turned the light on and we just started writing on the whiteboard, all the, you know, just dying laughing about the different ways we could do it. So I packaged it all up, created a lookbook, like within days, got it back to our producer friend. And she was, she had already like pitched the people she was going to pitch. It was too late. Um, I think I even sent it to her, but maybe she just didn't get in time. So I just had it in my back pocket, like, here's this, here's this Rudolph piece. And um, I was, we were planning on doing this other piece in Detroit in November of this, of this last year. And it was going to take seven days to shoot and seven days in a pandemic when your budget is like, you know, our budget was like 35,000, but based on like shooting on the best stuff, it was like, and we didn't have all the money yet. And it was like, fuck, I don't know if this is going to be the right move. Um, and my brother-in-law, Paris, he came to me, he's like, Hey, listen, I think we should just do Rudolph instead of do a concept trailer and, 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 and do something that we could shoot, shoot in two days. And then we can put it out and, uh, we can put it out and, um, you know, use that as leverage to make the feature next year. And I was like, damn, that feels like it, it feels like what it should be, man. And like, it, you know, I really want to do the other piece I was, I wrote and I was going to direct and star in as well. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's do that. So that same day we called our financier and she was, uh, you know, very receptive to the idea. She loved it. She said she got chills when I was just talking about it and she loved Christmas films. And she's like, that's just a, that's a, that's just like for sure. But she didn't even know about the project before she had only known about the, the fixed piece. Um, that's why I took that screenshot. I put that on my Instagram just to show like the conversation about as we like pivoted and decided to do Rudolph, but I didn't have a script yet. I had the whole outline of what I wanted the feature to be. But, but um, you know, she committed um, at that time we were going to do like 15,000 was going to be the budget. It ended up more than doubling based on like COVID expenses and like shift, you know, falling through the cracks and like have to, you know, do some different things. But we, um, so in that time I started writing this seven page trailer, which I don't know if you've ever written a trailer. Like I know you said you're doing a concept uh, piece, maybe a scene or something like that. 
I thought, well, this will be easy. We can just, you know, figure this out. And uh, it was, it was just another beast to write the dopest seven minutes into a, <laughs> of the feature yeah. into, a, into a concept trailer. So, um, so yeah, we just went to work. We, uh, we started lining up the crew that we had already in Detroit. We got to Detroit. Um, our cinematographer that we were, we were going to use ended up not being able to do it like a week before we found our other cinematographer, Jeff Sooks. Um, and, uh, you know, we just really, um, it all came together in a way where we never, it, I never thought it wasn't going to happen, but there's so many times we were so close to it not happening um, that, you know, it just makes it that much better afterwards. And it was a su super great um, period of growth for myself as well, you know, relying on other people to pull their weight, to be able to get us to the finish line and, and have the best product. And um and yeah, and, and we, 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 we shot it in two days. I came back to LA. I, I edited for like 14 days and we were going to bring another editor on once I got it to like the foundation, but eventually it got to the point where I was able to get it to the finish line myself. And then uh, we put it out and it was very, very well received. Um, there was some people that were like, kind of, I think upset that we were messing with the Rudolph the Red Nose, right? like messing with people's childhoods. But, um, but yeah, well, they people don't have to watch it. What's I, mean, <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. They're like, they don't watch it. Yeah, well, it ended up on Reddit. Reddit. It was on Reddit, and we got a bunch of people that came at us, like, you know, just like talking shit about it, um, which was great because it fueled so much more controversy. So, um, and then we put it on Facebook and just got, you know, every, most people loved it. So people didn't know how to take it. And I think it, a big reason was like seeing the guy, his red nose was like, this is unrealistic. And, you know, we tried to ground it in, in, in the best we could, but it's what I love about putting a proof of concept out before you make a feature is you get all this data that you can use as you formulate the finished, you know, the final vision of what the feature is going to be. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a really, really great ride. And now we're uh, taking the next steps to do the feature. Well, uh, obviously I, I, I don't know all the, uh, the, the, the input data that you have, but I mean, at the end of the day, no one knew what the hell Elf was going to be apart from the people that did it. And so in that regard, like, you know, if there's anything that like dramatically you're like rethinking, I, you know, I don't know. My advice would be to have some caution, you know, like for yeah, me, yeah, for I sure. saw the spirit like, you know, again, it's either you're on board with it or not. I mean, how on board are you going to be with a basically like a claymation reindeer anyway? and that's the approach that we're really taking with this the biggest thing we're, we're, we were we were contemplating was like if we wanted to go like red nose or not was like well, that was one big thing but what we're really doing is um we're, we're telling the story have you seen finding neverland with johnny depp uh yes yeah so it's the it's the creation of the Peter Pan story. Peter Pan story, the the, yeah. the family that the writer was with and that inspired the story. So there is a character in this that wasn't in the concept trailer that is going to be a, a younger version of I think his name's John Elmay, or Robert Elmay, Robert Elmay, um, that he was the writer of, of Rudolph originally. So we're doing like a modern day version, but he's watching at the school and he's watching this all play out, and that's mm -hmm. that's what he's using to be inspired to write the children's story for a class assignment throughout. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sold. so that's like, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what's so funny is that that's, that's what everybody we pitched it to initially with the lookbook. They were like, yo, yes, yes, yes. And that's what we got for the most, uh, most of it. But you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, getting on world star, I was on world star. So we got, you know, another group of people like, you know, some people wanted to cringe at it. Then they watched it and they were like, wait, this is actually really, I'm surprised how serious you guys played. This is really dope. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. And listen, I've been called in like ridiculously insane for doing it, but I've also been like, you know, called brilliant. 
And I think that's the kind of creator I want to be. I don't want to do anything that's just like down the middle. Like I want people to say, think I'm insane or like asking if I was stoned when I wrote it. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I take that as a compliment now. Well, down the middle means nothing. Like quite literally, yeah. I mean, what, what are they? It's like, huh? Like, is that the reaction you want, you know? Of like, exactly, yeah. You know, it's, it's all, oh, uh, I don't know if you're an Office fan, but like when Dwight puts up the, uh, it is your birthday. It's, you know, it'd be the equivalent of like, this is your movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Is it good? Exactly. Is it bad? You know? So, Absolutely. Um, what was it, uh, another selfish question, but I think pertinent to, what, what was it like to shoot during COVID? Because I mean, for me heading into this proof of concept, uh, you know, I'm shooting against the green screen and I've literally minimized it where it's going to be me as like the sole crew. We're, we're going to pre-light everything, but like on the day of actual shooting, it's going to be me. And then very Robert Rodriguez style, you know, of, of like Sin City, I'm bringing in people and there's going to be a whole group of them, but really just shooting one person against the green screen. And yet there's still this weight that I feel right of yeah. like, I got to keep these people safe. Yeah, you know, I think so, the, the the main thing I would get somebody else to do that. If you could find a COVID officer that could, that is like that's what they do. We mm-hmm. had we had uh, a lot of people that were a couple of people that were certified. Um, Amy Sloan, and then this we had another like COVID officer that would come in and like you know tell people, all right, get out, get in, get out. There are too many people in here, or whatever. Because the first day we shot, we shot um, at a house. And we shot all the outdoor stuff. So that was pretty easy to keep everybody spaced out and contained and separate. Um, but the second day we're in this, this gym, which is helpful, but it was, um, you know, there was a lot of classrooms. So we spaced things out that way. Um, but having people there that, or even, even if it's just like a, you know, just a, a PA that you can have or somebody delegating, because that way you don't have to worry about it. You can focus on directing and, and all that. So I, I, would, I would do that because it was... Was there a mix, like, what, what, did you guys, like, as far as the gym is concerned, did you guys have to keep, like, the doors open for the airflow? But at the same time, I, you know, depending on the traffic outside, you're like, God damn it, the effing car is honking again. Like, can we just get yeah. some good sound here? Yeah, so um, with the gym, because um, we, we didn't keep the doors open. We cut maybe the doors open to the hallway, and they kept everybody spaced out. Um, but, yeah, we had people in charge of that. I'm, t- I'm trying to think exactly what we did. There was times like it was like, hey, if, you know, if, if you're not in the scene, you got to go outside and that kind of stuff. And it was also it was it was cold, right? Kind of cold there. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> hoping for snow, but we didn't get it. It snowed the day after. I'm like, fuck, man, I wanted that. But, um, but yeah, I would get somebody that can really, um, you know, and, and take it super seriously. Like my, my team, our executive producer, she was on it. She made sure we had all the PPE equipment we need. And she also was like, just like, you know, just drilling me in the head with like, yo, this, we have to, it has to be safe, has to be safe. Can't have this many people, this and that. And then, you know, that's why we did like the, the crowd scenes. We had people spaced out and then, you know, just in one part of the gym and it was like real quick and we were, and they were out. But, um, but yeah, definitely having people in place to hold all that stuff. So that way it's not really on your mind. And um, that was something that, that I really didn't think about. Uh, but everybody, we, cause, because we made sure everybody knew how serious it was. Everybody got tested everybody wore a mask the whole time. And if they weren't, they would be reminded, right? Even Rudolph, like he would have his, his mask on, but he, it wouldn't be on his nose because he, had, he couldn't get the, the red part off. <laughs> so, um, but everybody else was fully masked up and even between shots, right? Like in the classroom, it would be like, and I never fully remembered to do this, but my AD was like, hey, can, when you call cut, can you just, um, can you say cut, put your mask back on? 
And, um, and I kept forgetting. So she eventually was like, fine, I'll, you know, she'll say it. But um, that was, the, that was everybody would have a mask, boom, they take it off for the shot and they put it back on for the, while we were rolling or afterwards, put it back on. And uh, we had, we had zero issues. Everybody was super understanding. Everybody wanted to stay safe. And, um, and it really just allowed everybody to do their job. And so I highly recommend having someone specific to do that. Cause you know, even with budgets and these bigger films and our budget went up like six six grand like there's not really a especially for our price point there wasn't like uh like uh, an insurance for covid right i'm not sure what they're doing now for these bigger features but i know like the for like a one like a million dollar piece like your budget goes up like two hundred thousand, even just for covid expenses yeah i mean my friend so he's in chicago and they're uh he's having a nightmare of a time they're they're about to start filming like mid-february and they have like half a million dollar budget which you know for an indie movie is it's not bad you know um but a hundred, like more than a hundred K of that is just for COVID protocol. <laughs> like, fuck. You just can't get around it. Yeah. You know, and obviously it's necessary. And, and, and in that sense, and, and I get it. Um, and that's like, the, like, that's why like you have to take it fully seriously and have somebody that's really maybe, you know, locking things down with that. But um, I think, you know, if you, you can only do, you can only make it as safe as you can make it. And that's, as, that's where you, you know, yes, you know, it's obviously a risk that everybody's taking to, to be a part of it, but you want to just minimize that risk as much as possible. And once you do that, like if you, if you're too worried about it, then you're not gonna be able to focus on your creative. So yeah, I would definitely get someone that, that to yeah. like, you know, point the fingers and yell at people. That'll make it a lot easier, but I love that you're doing it the way you're doing it. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Paige Simpson, she just did the, uh, she's the executive producer on, uh, yearly departed on amazon prime did you see that uh i haven't no was, i haven't seen a lot a, of amazon stuff unfortunately. yeah so it was a it was just like the the year end they they eulogized the uh you know 2020 yeah. so they had like uh sarah silverman tiffany haddish a bunch of other um women uh comedians powerhouses and uh rachel brosnahan brosnahan that's uh, you know she's on marvelous miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. she uh they have a production company called scrap paper pictures and, um, you know, they made this, this thing happen. They shot it in, I think, two or three days, something like that. And, um, but they, same thing as you, like they, with visual effects, they had to drop everybody in. And they really, at the end of it, I think you like it, at the very end of it, um, they show what everybody looked like and how they did it with all the green screens and everything. It was just yeah. super cool how they really communicated the, the BTS on that one. Yeah. No, I mean, very much, like for me, it's, um, you were talking about that moment of like, with the, with the, with the guitar and Snapchat, it, 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 this is very much, it's either genius or it's like, am I just really that stupid? <laughs> that, that like this, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's what you know, it's real. Yeah, so uh, so I'm looking forward to that. No, that's awesome. When are you shooting that? Uh, this weekend, actually. That's amazing. Congrats, man. Yeah, it'll be uh, definitely, uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to happen, but obviously, I, you know, everyone's prepared. Like if I have to pull the plug, Mm-hmm. You know, we pull the plug type of thing. Um, but we'll see. How, you know. many, how many you're shooting in like two days or something or one day or what? One day. Yeah. One day. And because it's all green again. So, you know, so one person comes in, you know, then I, I film them out, then they leave. Um, and then, you know, like that's why, uh, you know, the next person doesn't come in until like the, the other person is fully filmed out type of thing. Um, and because it's all against all green screen, I'm being very like, I'm not even going through full takes. I'm just, I, I have everything storyboarded out. So like if there was a shot of you for five seconds, I'm just going to get two to three takes of yeah. you, um, you know, exactly in that way. And 
for better or worse, I, I love doing my own camera work. Not mm -hmm. that I'm the world's greatest cinematographer by any stretch of the imagination, but I can then see if I capture the performance. Um, and I also like to do my own editing. Maybe mm -hmm. I was, you know, I, I think if you know Robert Rodriguez, I think I was just overly influenced by him in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I can film very quickly. So we're, we're pretty much going to get like 40 shots in a matter of less than eight hours. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, that's literally how I felt. Like we're going to have to pull the plug any minute. Like yeah. I always had, I always knew we were going to make it happen. But at the same time, I'm like, it felt like we were going to have to pull the plug at some point. So like, it feels like you're, you're right in the right mode. That's just how it feels to shoot during COVID and it's, it's <laughs> going to happen. You're going to make it happen. But, um, you know, it's just, just part of it. So, um, that's, that's really dope. I, I love just being innovative with these, with these different times and, and, you know, forking, forcing yourself to, to create and, um, you know, in a, in a safe way, but, Man, I, I saw a lot of people posting on social about like, if you didn't find your hustle during this time, like it's not in you. And um, maybe it's, maybe that's still a little too harsh. Um, but, you know, I think you have to be at a certain stage in your life and career. And also like, I mean, this affects everybody differently. You know, how serious you're taking it or how, you know, I think taking it seriously is the way to go. But um, also, you know, finding a way to take advantage of the time if you can. Obviously, a lot of people are hurting for money or like the health and, you know, all these different things. So, um, you know, if you can create and help the, you know, create a great project that's going to affect the world positively or, you know, help other people around you show what they can do. And, and so that once this is lifted and we're free again, um, then you have something to show for it. And that's really what I'm trying to do right now is stack the deck in, in our favor to have all of our projects either packaged and ready to go while simultaneously raising the money for these other like features, but also shooting some short form stuff to just see what happens. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I think you summarize it very well in that sense. Like I will never knock anyone down. Like if they're using this time to, you know, for self-development reasons, I think that's, you know, because who's to say that once COVID's out, like that time was well spent, right? Because now they can exactly. go, go, go. Or like you said, you know, they're in a financial hardship or they've taken care of somebody like I'm never going to knock anybody in that way. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how many friends you have like this. I certainly have uh, at least a few. And I talk to them, you know, like, I want to be doing something. I want to, you know, I want to be hosting something. It's like, then what are you doing? Like, literally, you and me right now, we're literally like Jimmy Kimmel and, 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 and Stephen Colbert. Like, they're no better than us right now. They're in there yeah. at home. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, so like you're saying, what can we do in this moment? And because I have gotten some criticism of like, I think, you know, people are saying, you know, some, some of my friends are like, you're, you're kind of crazy to be considering filming right now. And I'm like, yes, I understand that, but I've minimized the risk. And conversely, I'm like, what am I going to do? And that's because in the sense, like I, I pushed other avenues of like, well, you know, let's, let's do this and what we can meet over Zoom and we can outline a story, we can write this. And it's like, you know, at a certain point, I, if, if you're not willing to like do that with me, then I, I'm going to do what I can do mm -hmm. and get it there, you know? And I think it's, it would be different if no, if there was like no other filming going on and there was nothing, not saying like, you know, like I'm saying like even people in the business, like Tom, you saw what Tom Cruise said, you know, being yeah. on set in these big jobs and this and that. If this was a full lockdown and you weren't allowed to leave your house and then you were still filming, then it's something where you're like, hey, listen, you know, but um, you know, the fact that other projects are going on and, and you're taking the necessary uh, precautions, I think, you know, you're always going to get some pushback and, and, um, 
you know, just gotta, you gotta learn and, and, and keep it as safe as possible. And, um, you know, we were very successful in that everybody was safe. Everybody got through it. And, um, you know, we definitely had more people on set than you did and, and that you're going to have. So it's, it's just, I would just, yeah, get everybody tested. Um, and then you yeah, to make sure you have somebody just making sure everybody else is doing what they're supposed to be doing and, uh, yeah, and just make it happen. Yeah. Uh, going back to Gary Vee, cause like, you know, we kind of touched upon it, but he, he has this very, um, very specific thing of like, a lot of people just love to be academic about things. Right. So, uh, you know, I could sit back and kind of criticize, let's say anything that you've done, or people can sit back and criticize you and I, and it's like, okay, that's all well and good, but what have you, you know, it, 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 he, his story is like one of his friends told him like, Gary, if I asked you to come into a meeting, you'd literally just run through that wall and like get to me when instead you could have just taken the door. He's like, okay, but I still got to the meeting. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'd rather, I'd rather do the thing, even if incorrectly and get it done versus like, again, we can, we can sit here and do a Harvard business review of like what did work and what didn't, but to do that for your entire life, you're never going to accomplish anything. Yeah. that's, I mean, somebody said to me, I never, I don't think I've ever heard this before. A friend of mine who's become like a mentor to me, um, Mark Riley, he, he brought up, he said like, um, you know, business, business books are for people that are never actually going to run a business, yeah. you know, Mark like, Riley from the uh, schmoes and all that or a different Mark Riley, different Mark Riley, I believe. Yeah. yeah so probably. Yeah, he, um, but uh, he's, he's been like really pivotal in my ex- experience. And every time I'm like, I hit a dead end or I'm, tr- I'm, I'm you know, trying to figure some, something out, I hit him up and he's always got great advice on how to, you know, so it's always important to have those people that are doing things even on a higher level. And um, we're actually shooting a video with them tomorrow, but um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, like, you know, but I mean, I just think it's important if you are starting a business, like not I get if you read one book and then you go do it, but it's just really applying what you, what you're doing, man. And just like, you know, just if, if reading business books is your thing, if you, you know, just make sure that you're, you're putting it into, uh, you know, in your real life and actually making things happen. Cause that's what I've loved about my journey is a lot of stuff that I didn't learn by going to business school or reading books was, um, you know, down the road now looking back or watching something and I'll hear, hear about like some of the lessons. I'm like, Oh shit, I, I did do that. You know, maybe it took me a couple of times, but you learn it. You just have to be yeah, putting things in action for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I like, I, I love knowledge. So I'll always, you know, continue learning in that way. Um, so I think I might be, you know, for better or worse, I don't know if it'd be 50, 50, but, but I also think, you know, a big lesson that I did learn. Um, so there's a great book, uh, cause I think that's the key, right? So many people read books, but they don't apply the lesson. Right. So for mm-hmm. me, if I'm, I'm going to read a book, I'm not just reading it for the, for the fuck of it. I'm reading it because I, w- I want to gain that thing. And I remember reading this book called the, the startup J curve. And then what it argued was every, you know, you tr- kind of track all these like very successful companies. And what they did was they, re- it, when you talk about pivot, they, they, so many people ask of like, what didn't work? And all, all these companies, even though if they didn't know it, they looked at like, what was the one thing that did work? And they just kept iterating in that sense of like, okay, you know, like, like you said, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's evident in your own story. You tried, you tried the Snapchat thing. Okay. That didn't work, but it was like, okay, what, what did work out of this? And granted it happened organically for you. But it was like, oh, I got to understand social media really well. And I also got to understand entrepreneurship and how to like package and whatever, right? 
so that pivoted into this and then then it just kind of continues from there and so but but you were also willing to do the steps so it was it was that blend absolutely and that's what it has to, that's what it has to be and that's what you know gary v another thing he talks about is like taking those are your l's like take your losses and like because i remember when i was when I, I would ask people about what do you think about the, the mo show and i would ask people that didn't know about it or didn't know like kid, like the, the target demographic or they weren't even in it like asking people i was working with at a restaurant and they'd be like no oh, that's stupid then i'd go back i'm like fuck it is stupid like why you know ask people that actually matter to you know in, in matter meaning like ask a 13 year old kid to see if they would use it to use their snapchat you know ask somebody that's created toys before it's not that he doesn't matter he just his his opinion doesn't matter necessarily because he doesn't well, he I'll, I'll put it to you this way right so tim ferris um you know one of the things he talks about is so many salesmen spend so much time trying to convince someone uh of of something to 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 the customer who's never going to buy that product Mm -hmm. Right. That's essentially what it is. And so, you know, it's funny, like someone hit me up about like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm not your client. And they kept trying to pitch me. I'm like, you are wasting your time. I will ne I, I, at this, like, just whatever you say is not going to, I'm not your target customer. I'm yeah. just not. And it's so funny how people just continue to still waste time and be like, Hey, can we convince you this way? I'm like, you can't, but that's yeah. the natural inclination of most people is to try to get customers that aren't their customer. It's like there's exactly. 8 billion people in this friggin' world. There's so many people. It's crazy. You know? <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. No, oh. I, I, I definitely, no, I definitely hear you on that. And, um, you know, but that's just like being in the game and learning, right? Like I, I've, I've might, I've been that person before probably. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, learning through, you know, growing through that, then you like, and it's so weird, like in hindsight too, you're like, man, you know, people ask something or not know about something that feels like second nature to you now. And then it's like, oh, wow. We, you know, that's what I've really realized on Clubhouse using Clubhouse. Have you been using it? I have not. I was actually going to ask you about Clubhouse. Um, you know, what, yeah. what that's like and, you know, kind of what, what you're seeing, the trends and oh my the gosh, it's been Yeah, it's been amazing. So Clubhouse, um, you know, I, I've... In the consulting world, when I consult different businesses about how to use social media, how to create content, how to produce valuable content, and that's what we say when we go and you know talk to a client. It's like we want to extract your value and then create content around it and then push it out to your target demographic regularly, right? And um, you know, speaking in Clubhouse, I've gotten gotten to these these rooms with a lot of like um, executives and, um, you know, film producers and, uh, you know, writers, directors, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different stuff on there, but it's been really amazing. Um, extremely great growth tool. I mean, I have like zoom set up all like next week based on people I met there. And there's some people that are like, you know, trying to get into filmmaking and want to learn about lookbooks and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to just kind of show them some stuff, but a lot of people that are like way far, you know, further down the road than I am and are like producing, you know, have a slate for 2021. 2022 already and um what i what i've what i've realized is like uh when, when i went to sundance for the first time and now we go every year except for obviously this year is going to be it's not going to happen um on on main street have you been to sundance before i have not no yeah so we went to sundance and what we've really found is that you know because like la gets a bad rap of having people that are pretentious or like you know out for themselves or trying you know trying as they're trying to grow in this business but what sundance is 
is like a, one, you know, all of these great filmmakers on all different levels on one street in Utah. And it's everybody from, you know, New York, LA, Atlanta, you know, all over the world on one street and everybody wants to help every, everybody out. And it's just like, everybody's just humans there that want to help everybody. And that's why there's a lot of, you know, you know, people speaking about their film and, and, you know, listening how they did it and all that stuff. And it really feels like that on, um, on Clubhouse as well. It's just a lot of rooms where, you know, you, you make the moderators at the top. And if you guys haven't heard of Clubhouse, those listening to this, um, it's a new app and it's still in beta testing. It hasn't gone public yet, but. Um, Is it only for iOS? I mean, I think that's part of yes. the reason why. Okay, that's, that's definitely a reason why I also haven't been yeah. able to. Yep. So yeah. it's, you know, if you grab an iPhone this week, let me know. I have some invitations. So <laughs> it's on an invite only basis right now. So it's, yeah. um, you know, so you, you either have to be invited or you go in and then somebody that is your friend on there will like let you in. And that's uh, the exclusivity is, is part of the reason I think it's really taking off initially. However, the conversations have been really, really great. So the moderators will be at the top and it's, it's all, you know, it's a listening so, platform. So so just, to, just to take a step back. So uh, in theory, if I had an iPhone, I could be invited not necessarily like I would get the chat, but I could be a fly on the wall to any of the conversations. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So some of the conversations you go through, like a, you'll have your profile picture on there, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's all audio. So basically you go through the hallway and mm-hmm. there's all these different rooms and they'll say like, I'll even, let me look right now. I'll even show you those watching here. Um, so you have your profile up. Let's see. So this is like your hallway. I don't know if you can mm-hmm. see this. So uh-huh. these are all different rooms. Like Grant Cardone was doing a room earlier about like having people pitch him and have him helping out. So these, these different rooms are actors workshop with, with the casting director, modern Nirvana behind the lens, photographers, actors, models, makeup and hair. So all these different rooms, some, some of them have 60 people. Some have 221. You can click on it and you'll go to the audience. Then you can raise your hand to become a speaker, which usually the smaller rooms will allow you to do that. The bigger mm-hmm. ones you won't be able to, they'll turn it off. And there's moderators at the top that are controlling the conversation like you would moderate an interview or you know some kind of uh something like that where you have audience basically so there's people in the audience are at the at the the bottom of the the scroll the middle are people that are followed by the people that are moderators and then when you raise your hand you can go up to the top thing with the moderators and ask a question and that kind of thing and it's just a bunch of great people just providing value and helping people get to where they want to go saying like hey dm me on instagram because while you're listening to the conversation you can't dm on um on clubhouse yet but you can go to their profile. You can click Instagram, go to their Instagram while you're still keeping the conversation. So you're going through it still. And um, yeah, you're just able to grow, you know, like the the most I've seen somebody like Tiffany Haddish maybe had like hundred thousand followers. That's the most I've seen so far. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe not just her. There's probably people bigger than her, but that's one of the ones that I saw where there were actually, you know, like Joe Budden's pretty big on there. And, um, but you can grow, like people are following you while you're, if you go up there and speak, a lot of people will follow you. And then you'll even get a lot of followers on Instagram too, because that's where they can contact you and follow your journey a little bit further. So, um, so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's just great conversation, but they'll also have like a prank room. Like I was in a prank room the other night with the game, Chris Brown and some other people. The where baby they were voices. Like, yeah. Is that what you thought? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so, you explain to people because uh, you know I don't want to just throw in an inside joke and be like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing it on my Instagram talking about what they were doing in that room, but yeah, some girl had a baby voice, and they had called um, I forget the guy's name that uh, OT I think that sings "I'm in Love with the Coco." So the mm-hmm. game called him, and he was like, "Hey, man, I got this baby in the studio. Hold on a second, man. It's, this girl left this baby behind." And then this girl did a baby voice and was talking to him, and he was just dying laughing. So it was just, but it's 
it's, it's cool to see how people are taking a new platform that's really taking off. I think it's going to be, you would love it, man. Damn, you got to get it. I, would. I mean, here's, I mean, obviously there's a lot of brilliant things about it, but, but the fact that it's audio only. So like, you know, cause I know like, you know, now I think there is a bit of a zoom fatigue of like, wait, I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta put on my hair and makeup yeah. and this and that. And, and, you know, it's one thing to look camera ready. It's another thing to look zoom camera ready right? <laughs> right so the fact that like okay great let's just talk into this you know like it's yeah yeah i think that's brilliant yeah it's and it's really they're just doing a really great job i think the valuation of it was like 100 million like a couple like a month or two ago and it's just growing like crazy now and uh they're just doing a really great job and people are really getting a lot of value from it of course people are getting addicted to it and being on it all day and stuff but uh, and I'm, I'm finding balance within that to make sure i put the time in because it's like jumping on instagram before instagram had a million subs and you know all that or million um monthly active users. So highly recommend getting on it. But you would, you would definitely love it and be able to provide a lot of value and grow really fast on there and help a lot of people within it. Can so I use I've a already, tablet? I, I have a tablet. Possibly. No, no, not a tablet. Wait, like a tablet. Like, like a, an iPad. iPad. You have an iPad. I think you can. All right. Look at that. See? So I think so. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to the people. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, have, I, have, I, have, I have an invite. I'll send you an invite and then see if it works on the iPad. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just cool to see how people innovate and, and, and use it different ways and do table reads on there. And yeah. it'll be cool to see where, where it goes from here. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Um, we've covered a lot. Um, so is there anything that, I mean, I could continue on with questions for days, but is there anything that in particular you want to make sure to touch upon before we wrap this thing out? Um, what do I want to touch upon? Um, no, I think, I mean, we obviously have, have covered a lot. It's been super cool catching up with you and, and hearing everything that you have going on. Um, yeah, let's definitely stay in contact with like, even like the packaging and that kind of stuff. And if I can help, you know, in any of any of your stuff as well. Um, what was I going to say? I think actually, um, I was talking to Steven the other day about some of the, even the podcast setup. Um, Steven Lemieux? Yeah. yeah. Not yeah, cool. yeah. I was asking him about some like cameras and stuff like that. You with your your background in in podcasts and stuff like that, right? Like with, with cameras. If you were if you were starting, you know, your own podcast thing now, right? After having all that experience and stuff, what would be like the 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 tools that you would use today um, to to make a podcast studio? I guess from cameras or mics to like what what programs would you use? Like I remember the stuff that you guys would use, and you guys had the whole the whole yeah. thing set up in there. What, what kind of would you use um, these days? Um, I mean, people are, people swear by Streamlabs, And I think that's a, that's a very useful tool uh, for the streaming aspect. Um, you know, cameras, um, anything that you can really kind of use to ingest in your computer. I, um, an interesting one, uh, there, there was the movie, which was like this one camera and, but you can also like, it's a, it, the basis is, you know, it has a very high resolution. And so you can get a wide shot out of it, a medium, a close up. And, you know, if, if, if you know, you and I were kind of like side by side like this, you know, and the camera was um, filming us this way, then, you know, I can get a close up of you, close up of me. Um, so that's interesting. So it just depends. For me, it always depends on kind of like the layout. Mm -hmm. But because you're you and because you also like Gary Vee, at the end of the day, content their quality is subjective. Yeah. I mean, half the time, half of Gary's content is him in a car. Right. Right. And people listen to it because it's it, because of, 
the, the, the thing, you know, and as he always likes to say, like, I could cut your face and my face, put on stick figures. And if it gets 20 million views, why is that not quality? Right. For sure. Right. So quantity, that, that was the other thing. Um, maybe, maybe this is a good point to end on, but like, you know, you, you coming from the hosting world and I know a lot of hosts, like I'm seeing so many more CEOs of companies putting out so much more content than the friends that I know that are hosts. And I'm like, listen, motherfucker, what the <laughs> hell you, why is the CEO of a company I've never heard of putting out way more shit than you that wants to be a host? Like w- w- get in the game, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know? No, absolutely. Like, oh, the quality, the quality. I'm like quality, quality <laughs> creates quality. For sure. And, and that's what, that's what one thing that even from, you know, years of creating and stuff like that and looking back at the shit that I create, I love how you've been posting your, uh, your stuff from back in the day. Um, and I'm like, that's, that's like a big thing that I sell to people. I'm like, listen, I've created shit before and I've learned how not to do it as often. And yeah, um, exactly. so that way you don't have to do that as much. Um, and there's so many ways. And that's what we teach even with like, you know, running your whole business. And I used to run it all from my iPhone. I would even do photo shoots on my iPhone for clients because I wanted to show them like, Hey, you can shoot as good of pictures with this that you can with a camera. And it's, 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 it's as much quality as you need. And, um, you know, so I, you know, I, I definitely, um, I, I feel the same on that. And we've, we, even like the stuff that we shot before we were shooting like on a Canon camera and, um, it, and it, it was great and it worked. Um, now that we have like the creative space that we have now, we're going to start renting it out to like, clients and that kind of stuff. We're going to start doing some, you know, like multi angles and running it all through, through the computer. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that quantity stuff, man. It's just, and I, and I love how I remember you, you even making a point to talk about what you're going to do in 2021 and how much content you're going to put out. And like, that's, you said that, right? Like that was something yeah, yeah. that you made a point of and you're doing it. And that's what's, and I know how hard it is to stay up on all that. So I, I commend you for really making things happen and staying consistent with it because it shows and um, it's all really, really great content. So yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day too, like I never know what the hell's going to hit. I mean, there was a video I did on TikTok. I'm like, hey guys, you know, one of my tricks is I always have a, a giant one gallon water bottle next to my bed. So that way I'm always staying hydrated. It's like, what the fuck is this throwaway piece of garbage? Cut? Yeah. All of a sudden it's getting like tens of thousands of views. And I'm like, really this versus like all the other stuff that I talk about, yeah. <laughs> you know? But so I, I, I don't get to determine that, you know? And people just got to get outside of their head about that. You, you just become the gallon water bottle guy where you're just like, Listen, whenever I go for a walk, I always keep my, <laughs> just keep well, my not, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's so true. And you just, you know, getting as many, you're putting as many things out there as possible to be able to, to, uh, you know, get something to hit. And that's, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's real, man. And, and again, it doesn't mean that I didn't believe in the message of the water bottle. I just didn't think that would be the thing. I, I thought it was a good, useful tip, but not the tip to, to, to like, you know, end all be all. No, for sure. So that's all. Yeah. yeah. This is smart. Like I, I used to get a gallon of water every day and it became, you know, it was like a dollar or two. Um, but I wanted to do it because it was forcing me to drink the gallon of water. And when yeah. I don't have that, I don't hold myself accountable. So it does work. And that's yeah, why does. people were like, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, this was amazing. Um, as we wrap up, um, why don't you, I'll, I'll link to everything excuse me down below but um but for the for the audio people give them all the all the usual plugs yeah yeah so um you can find me everywhere uh mark rodriguez tv 
and uh, and you know for our other brand, Mastermind Media, you know, mastermindmedia.com, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, yeah, man, really mine is spelled with Y though. This this is correct. This is right because the the I was already taken. Uh, yeah, Mastermind with a Y M Y N D media.com awesome well like i said i'll link to it in the description as well and all that it has been a pleasure and we'll do a part two i'm sure